0: Welcome to Podcast West Seattle, South Park Edition. My name is Andrew. On this episode, we're heading south, turning left on Roxbury, and cruising on down the hill onto Cloverdale for all things South Park. We are listening to Reposado, who performed at Seattle Light Brewing on Friday, January 18th. You can find them on Instagram as Tequila Funk, one word. Coming up on this episode, I take a drive around the South Park neighborhood with South Park resident, Luis Herrera.
1: My favorite part of South Park is sort of the waterfront down
2: here.
0: Then we take a peek into South Park Marina and the Duwamish Yacht Club. So
2: again, each boat's got its own story. Some people live aboard, some don't. And
0: then West Seattle High School graduate and KUOW radioactive alum, Will Rasmussen leads us down the story of ham Creek.
3: because there's something about the idea that one person can do
0: so much good to the environment and much much more this is podcast West Seattle South Park Edition South Park is one of Seattle's smallest neighborhoods it also seems a little isolated because of the geography to get a sense of the layout and the attitude, I rode around with South Park resident, Lewis Herrera.
1: Um, I'm Luis Herrera. I'm uh, the managing broker of uh, residential real estate brokerage, but we moved here to South Park in 2005. Um, my husband was working in Renton and I was working in Pioneer Square.
0: One of the most noticeable aspects of South Park are the clear boundaries. One side is completely cut off by but Highway 509. 509
1: and this is the west end of the neighborhood.
0: And on the other side...
1: My favorite part of South Park is sort of the waterfront down here. But this is such a spectacular Yeah, this is
0: incredible. View. It's it's sort people of People like, just have yards that are on the river. Yeah,
1: yeah pretty amazing. It, it has a different feel. It, it doesn't seem like Seattle to me. And on the south... This is 96, so this is the border. This side is technically Boulevard Park, and this side is South Park. This used to be you know, thousands of shipping containers stacked, you know, 20 high all the way up to basically those apartments.
0: Anytime South Park comes up in guidebooks or is mentioned anywhere outside of the neighborhood for that matter, it's described as gritty or an industrial residential mix. And while there are many more layers to South Park, the industrial presence is strong and visible.
1: And then there's just like a whole mix of industrial kind of uses. Back in here there's a big candy company. They do private branded candy. Armando do you know that uh, company? They do a lot of uh, catering. And a specific industrial supply is actually a great store if you want to buy metal. Or, oh, and this is, and you know, and Food and for Life. So all the food mm-hmm. banks, That's they are the central distributor of so Gary Merlino is a huge construction company. They're located <laughs> here as well. Oh, uh, Cafe Umbria, this is their roaster, like this lumb- lumber market. I think they're now doing some actual retail.
0: And one of the most unique aspects of the neighborhood is that it's surprisingly home to one of Seattle's only working
1: farms. Take you up to Mara Farms. So they were one of the original families in South Park. And there were lots of um, immigrants who ended up uh, farming this land here because it was really uh, fertile. So it was a lot of um, folks who actually ended up selling stuff at Pike Place Market. Yeah, so it's pretty cool because they have like an egg co-op and they have, people have their own private, you know, little sections of uh, vegetables that they grow. So it's pretty amazing actually.
0: Another one of South Park's reputations is that of an up and coming neighborhood. That can be code for several things. One of which is housing that is more affordable than other areas of the city and the neighborhood is changing.
1: All of these houses in the last five years have turned over. So it's kind of cool to see young people moving into the neighborhood, Mm -hmm. you know? So typically they would have been, old folks would have been living there with, you know, maybe one light on in the house. So pretty much dark. And now you see all the lights on, porch light on. So it's, I love that it's small and that people actually do know their neighbors. We're actually very good friends with uh, a lot of our neighbors and that is something that's really unique. I mean, people do, you know, you have all your neighbors' phone numbers. People will text and say, hey, you know, I'm gonna be out of town. Can you check, look after my house or the cats or whatever? And, and we all do that for each other. And I'd say there's probably 10 neighbors on our block that are engaged that way.
0: Thanks to Lewis for driving me around and giving me a taste of the neighborhood. Another one of South Park's unique features is that in many ways it's a river town, and that brings with it a large boating presence. I met with Christine, who showed me around the South Park Marina and the Duwamish Yacht
2: Club. The other thing about the, both these places I'm going to show you today is that people live here. Mm-hmm. Well, some boats have little boards on them, and so that's kind of like a, another subculture in the United States, I think, is little board yeah. people. Yeah, and you think, one. well, like, South Park Marina is a Part of a corporation, and it's owned by—I don't even know who owns it. I don't know. Every boatyard, I say. It's a land of broken dreams. <laughs> 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 Guys get boats, and then they run out of money, Boy, or they I just go uh, walk, yeah. the, docks, walk, walk the docks and take a look at some of the boats. We're arriving at South Park Marina, that has a very good security system. This is the James River. North. We're directly across from uh, Boeing Field. And in the SeaTac Airport flight path, which you will hear many times. <laughs> like one per minute. Right on cue. So, this is a, a guest
4: dock.
2: <laughs> Here's an old Woody, isn't that pretty? Oh, that's beautiful. And that one there on the end is the same one that was in the Jaws movie. You ever see Jaws? Oh, yeah. But come summer, there are people who are going in and out of here all the time, the fishing season, in and out I mean, of here. They're going to live aboards and then this yard up here, they do repairs. People everybody up there is working on something. They bring people in, contractors to work on stuff.
0: We then drove five minutes across the neighborhood and took a look at the Delta Marine.
2: So I'm just gonna take you over to Delta real quick. so Delta Marine makes it's, it's an old it's an old boat building company and not that old but old. And they start off making fishing boats really good fishing boats. And then the fishing industry went to hell. didn't I can't remember exactly why. I think it's part politics and part nature and everything. Really? So these guys were making fishing boats and then they switched to yachts. And you'll see one of the yachts today, and they're mega yachts. I usually don't see them unless I go to Monaco or Florida. Yeah, I could see one like already it looks like. But look at all the jobs here. It's just astonishing.
0: We then continued on to the Duwamish Yacht Club,
2: so now we're going to go through an industrial area into the Duwamish Yacht Club, which I'm from Seattle, so I call it, I people say, where do you live? I say, well, I live at an oxymoron, <laughs> the Duwamish, which is an EPA super fun cleanup site, yacht club. But it's a place where you can uh, buy a membership and then you've got access to a slip to keep your boat. And again, it's um, the nice part about having a boat on the river as opposed to the lakes, is that you don't have to go through the locks when you decide to go out to the salt water or whatever. So, so this is the drama Out Club. You're not allowed to come here unless up with a guest, and now you're my hey. guest. So welcome, Andrew. Thanks. And then we're, these trees are um, disguising the Delta Marines yards over there. So, <clears throat> so. My understanding, that pipe is where the Ham Creek currently poops oh, okay. out. Yeah. But on here, we're sitting in the mud when we go low tide. So like this ramp here, sometimes you feel like you're going up Mount Everest, and sometimes it's real So Again, each boat's got its own story. Some people live aboard, some don't. The one is on the end here. mine. that's my boat right there. Well, that's nice. where I live. So here's another one, other big yachts. But this, this is shiny. the one here that just came out.
0: Oh wow, that's looks shiny and new, doesn't it?
2: <laughs> it is. It, they just we watched it. They put they put it in the water yesterday, and they usually make bigger ones. That have to be barged up to Anacortis and then put in the water. So, yeah, and it looks completely different down here when it's sunny and fun. And there's come spring, there's just everybody's down here working on their boats and stuff.
0: Thanks again to Christine for showing me this fascinating side of South Park. Up next on Podcast West Seattle, South Park Edition, we're going to visit with West Seattle High School graduate and current Western Washington University student, Will Rasmussen. Uh, And I was
3: born in Seattle and I've lived in West Seattle up until this fall, where I went to college at Western Washington. I'm studying computer science and going to minor in creative writing.
0: Will spent the summer of 2018 working at KUOW's radioactive youth media program. He pitched and produced a story on the restoration of South Park's Ham Creek.
3: Uh, I was in uh, National Honor Society at uh, West Seattle High School. One of our events is that we went on Earth Day down to Ham Creek, although I didn't know it was Ham Creek at the time. Uh, to do a cleanup. There, I met Liana, who, uh, of course, is the main interviewee subject of the story. And uh, she gathered around all the volunteers and told us about her father. And I, I just kind of kept in the back of my mind. I was like, hmm, that's a really interesting story. People connected to it. Because there's something about the idea that one person can do so much good to the environment which so many people say is like a lost cause. Global warming is just happening and there's nothing we can do to stop it. Well, we can still limit the effects. And what surprised
0: me is that other people agreed. Thank you, Will. And now, here's the story.
5: And that's an osprey flying over us.
0: I'm taking
6: a tour of Ham Creek with Liana Beale.
5: Even, see, you hear the osprey? And there's the nest there. So if they end up having um, babies, and you're standing over there, you'll hear them a lot more.
6: She moved here with her parents and siblings in the early 70s, when Ham Creek was a very different site.
5: When, I remember when we first moved here and we went down to the river and there's kids telling us, warning us, don't go into the river. They told us that if you went in, you'd get rashes. Um, one time when the tide was out, we could see all of the construction debris, household debris, all disposed in the in the river. Cars, refrigerators washing machines. And I remember my sister telling me one time, when the tide was out, she saw all these dead fish.
6: The Beale family had been moving from place to place in Washington, but Seattle is where they would stay. Her father, John Beale, had recently returned home from fighting in the Vietnam War.
5: I think he seemed somewhat lost. Um, He did not get a, a hero's welcome.
6: But that actually ended up being the least of his troubles. John Beale tells us himself in this archival footage.
5: In one year, I had three
7: heart attacks. So I ended up in the VA hospital and was diagnosed there with PTSD and went to my own doctor. He says, yeah, you got about four months to live and this going to be a very painful death. I recommend you get a hobby.
5: So he went down to the local stream, which was Ham Creek at that time, and he just kind of sat and contemplated trying to figure out what he was going to do.
6: This wasn't the end of John Beale's story, but the beginning.
5: And while he was sitting there, he saw how polluted it was. It was near a sewage site, and there was a lot of debris, that type of thing. And so he thought, well, do you know, he did a lot of damage in, in Vietnam, so why not clean up where he's at now before he passes?
6: He started with removing the trash, strewn in the small portion of the creek he could get to, because the rest of it was flowing through underground pipes. The lack of open water destroyed all animal life around the stream, and... The metal pipes got too hot for salmon to travel through. Ham Creek was as close to death as John Beale. John removed the trash, then realized he'd have to remove the underground pipes, also known as daylighting a river. And when that was done, he realized the creek was still insanely polluted. He had even more work to do.
7: You know, it started out as a hobby. It became a
5: habit, and it's now a way of life.
6: It seems monumental, but John had a mantra, a system, that pushed him through.
5: My dad always told people, just, just stop where you're at and just start at your feet and, and go from there.
6: And just by hearing the Osprey's call, it's clear he succeeded. Today's work is celebrated by groups like the Duwamish Alive Coalition and the People for Puget Sound.
0: I was told the first year that I, I took this job on that you can't change it. You'll never bring it back to what it was. You'll never restore it because it's dead. Well, it is restored. You can do
7: anything you want. If you possess an idea it with a passion, and you pursue that, and you stick with it long enough, you'll change the world.
5: He was hoping that people would continue it when he left, which was part of why he asked me to kind of kind of help him when he passed, because he didn't want the uh, cleanup of the stream and the river to die with him, and he wanted to make sure that people continued.
6: John Beale passed away in 2006. He lived 27 years longer than the four months given to him. The river, and his love for it, Extended its life. It's hard to argue John Beale is really gone because Ham Creek remains. From Radioactive, this is Will Rasmussen.
3: I keep the river and the river keeps me.
0: Will's story originally aired on KUOW as part of their Radioactive Youth Media program. If you know a student aged 15 to 18 who is interested in audio journalism, please encourage them to apply to the program. And if you like podcasts that are local to Seattle and something tells me you do, you would really enjoy the Radioactive podcast. It is extremely high-quality, award-winning radio produced by young people from our community. Check it out. Finally today, we'll take a quick look at some events happening around South Park. Let's start at Resistencia Coffee. First of all, if you've not been to Resistencia, I highly recommend it. They brew great coffee, Cafe Umbria Beans, roasted in South Park. They have a great location on Cloverdale, just around the corner from 14th what really makes Resistencia stand out is a palpable positive energy that you really have to go into the shop to experience. And for parents, they have a pretty nice play area for kids adorably nestled underneath a staircase. Okay. I spoke with Shizano to find out about some of the upcoming okay. special events.
4: This is Shizano at Resistencia Coffee. I am the manager lead barista here, updating you on our regular events and some of our pop-ups that are happening. We've got our first and third Tuesdays Cafe Con Leche open mic night. Bring it if you can't plug it in. And we also have our second and third Wednesdays the workshop where you can bring any kind of art project that you might want to work on and get together with other folks in order to work on that. Cafe Con Leche is 7 to 10 p.m. and the workshop is 6 to 9 p.m. We also have an upcoming Sambosa pop-up. It's their first pop-up shop on the 26th. That's a Saturday from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Come check it out for really delicious treats.
0: Thank you, Shizuno. Some other community announcements. There's always a lot going on at your South Park Community Center. Upcoming youth classes include intro to piano, acrobatics and circus arts, and much more. Most of the classes are either very inexpensive or free. They do urge you to register for classes early. Sometimes classes get canceled because people wait too long to register. They also offer Tot Gym Indoor Play Area each Thursday from 10 to 1 and much more. Visit seattle.gov slash parks slash centers to find out more. It's also always a good idea to keep up with events happening at the Seattle Public Library, South Park Branch. They offer kids' story times in English and Spanish, after school homework help, family friendly English classes, kids' cafe after school meals, and many other great services. Check out the Seattle Public Library events page for more. Finally, today, I stopped by Seattle Light Brewing to see what they have coming up. So,
7: my name is uh, Daniel Martinez. I am co owner of Seattle Light Brewing Company. Uh, we have. A fun trivia night we do every other thursday the january 24th is uh, when we do our next trivia and 2 weeks after that so february 7th and 21st we are also going to do what we're going to be calling Seattle light saison um, as in like flavor spices kind of thing and it's live music every Friday, um, starting on February 1st. There's absolutely a book club. We uh, meet once a month. Our next meeting is February 6th, and it's a good little group. Uh, We have about six of us that come in and talk, read a book. We've been open now for a little over eight months,
0: and I'm happy to be in South Park. Thank you, Daniel. Before we leave the neighborhood, I have to mention a few other businesses. First of all, Loretta's Northwesterner, a South Park institution and home of Seattle's best pork tenderloin sandwich. I also visited the outstanding El Rincon taco truck, and almost everyone I talked to raved about Left Bank wine shop and bar. Well, that's just about all for this episode of Podcast West Seattle, South Park Edition. If you don't already, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend about the show. Have an idea for the show? Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, or at podcastwestseattle.com. For the next episode, we'll be back in West Seattle. Until then, here's more Reposado to take us
1: out.